Любимо діти, мила мамо і тату. Я йду на війноньку нашу землю захищати. Не плачте за мною, якщо болі згину. Все вітам за любоненьку нашу Україну. Єдинаємося, браття, and the group Shablia that was first released in 2014. And uh, it was made very popular in the years since. It is a song about leaving family and home and going off to war. And that was at the beginning of the the Maidan and the uh, invasion of Russia, back when it was only foreshadowing the horror that is happening right now. You may have seen, uh, if you follow Facebook and you're following the war on Facebook, you would have seen Yuri driving in a car in combat fatigues and singing this song as he leaves behind his musical career and goes off to battle. Dobrý večer i vítajú vás všich, dorhý Radio Suchači, na radio programu Náš holos, radio Krínského Koríňa, ktorá podiecí vám na bahatomovní radiostanci AM 1320, CHMB v místí Vancouveri. Pri mikrofoní Pavlina. Hello there and welcome to Náš holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you on AM 1320, CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host, Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a packed program for you today, mostly talk. We've got several interviews of people who are in Ukraine and who are helping Ukraine and a few tunes we can manage. So coming up next is Sting with a song from back in 1985. It is called Russians. It was directed against the nuclear threat during the Cold War. Now Sting is performing it as part of the Help Ukraine initiative. 
I've only rarely sung this song in the many years since it was written because I never thought it would be relevant again. But in the light of one man's bloody and woefully misguided decision to invade a peaceful, unthreatening neighbour, the song is once again a plea for our common humanity. For the brave Ukrainians fighting against this brutal tyranny and also the many Russians who are protesting this outrage despite the threat of arrest and imprisonment. We all of us love our children. Stop the war. In Europe and America There's a growing feeling of hysteria Conditioned to respond to all the threats And the rhetorical speeches of the Soviet Mr. Khrushchev said we will bury you I don't subscribe to this point of view Be such an ignorant thing to do If the Russians love their children too How can I save my little boy From Oppenheimer's deadly toy There is no monopoly of common sense on either side of the political fence We share the same biology Regardless of ideology Believe me when I say to you I hope the Russians love their children too To put the words in the mouth of the president There's no such thing as a winnable war It's a lie we don't believe anymore We share the same biology Regardless of ideology And what might save us, me and you Is that the Russians love their children too Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochankoFoundation.com. Early bird weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 are now available for only $110. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing on August long weekend in Dauphin, Manitoba. Visit Canada's National Ukrainian Festival on Facebook for featured entertainment. For only $110, early bird weekend passes are now available for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 in Dauphin, Manitoba. By phone at 204-622-4600 or online at cnuf.ca. 
Svetlana Kaminko is the organizer of Maple Hope Foundation, based here in Vancouver, which does tremendous work helping Ukrainians, in particular now with the war. Oksana Pobereznik of Nash Holos Nanaimo spoke with her earlier this week. Доброго дня, Світлана. Доброго дня, Оксана. Доброго дня вашим всім слухачам. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Світлана is organizer of the biggest uh, Canadian organization, Maple Hope Foundation, who uh, work helps all Ukrainian soldiers and their families. And now they most concentrate on helping Ukrainian army volunteers and refugees. And Svetlana will tell us... Uh, Uh, what they do, what the organization, and uh, the way they help uh, people, and how they do that. Well, thank you, Oksana. Um, yes, Maple Hope Foundation uh, has been uh, helping uh, Ukrainians that are affected by war, wounded soldiers, uh, their families, their children of uh, Ukrainians that were shot at Maidan or were heavily wounded at Maidan since 2014. And now Maple Hope Foundation is focusing on helping our defenders that are fighting on different front lines in Ukraine. Our main focus to make sure that they are protected, that they have body armor, that they have uh, helmets, that they are protected and that we can help to save uh, their lives from bullets. Another line of help is uh, helping these medical suppliers. We get requests from uh, different hospitals in Ukraine. We have two teams on the ground in Poland, in Warsaw, and close to Romanian border, and they are helping us with finding medical suppliers. We're also collecting medical supplies in Vancouver and sent uh, uh, everything to Warsaw and Romania. And from there, our shipments are delivered to, um, to Ukraine. Another line of help is people that lost their homes. We are helping internally displace uh, Ukrainians in Ukraine and those that are crossing the border. And right now in Poland, uh, Romania, Czech Republic, Slovakia, primarily in Poland, because uh, the largest number of Ukrainians, Ukrainian women and children were crossing the border between Poland and Ukraine and now are having a temporary shelter in different parts of Poland. We also uh, realized that we are going to have Ukrainians uh, and we um, was led by our volunteer, Elmira Mruchkovska, working with internally displaced Ukraine. Since the war started, she worked for different international organizations and now she's leading this line of help in Vancouver. So what, where our focus is by getting ready to welcome Ukrainians in Vancouver or in British Columbia. We start a database where we record all requests from Canadians and Ukrainians that are willing to welcome Ukrainians in their home for a short period of time. We also collecting items that will be handy for those that are going to come. Uh, we are working in Ukrainian-Canadian Congress in British Columbia. Our president, Natalia Skelich, are working with provincial government, and uh, we are hoping to get more support from the government uh, that will allow us to have a, a hotline, phone line for all people that are coming and will have lots of different questions and inquiries. We are working with uh, city councils of different municipalities uh, across lower mainland and across the province and uh, trying to show our support that uh, if a municipality or city council of any municipality in our province will be in favor of uh, receiving refugees and internally displaced uh, Ukrainians, that there is a community support as well. So it's a, it's a cooperation because we cannot uh, win this war alone. Uh, the entire global community shows and demonstrates support to Ukraine. And here locally, we also need to work together with other ethnic communities, with our government on different levels. And only this collaboration will help us to be more efficient and more effective. And we have a line of uh, help and a team that are responsible for fundraising. We have information hub. And that's uh, pretty much it. Those are main line of help that we are working on, uh, a team of over 80 volunteers in Vancouver that join uh, us and are helping us in our efforts. 
We have absolutely incredible team of women that uh, started to produce handmade uh, jewelry, flags, Ukrainian flags, and they even put together a site because uh, where are they going to sell Ukrainian art, Ukrainian goods that anybody can uh, buy as a souvenir, a t-shirt, a mug, or or just uh, um, an area. And uh, we do realize that weapon uh, today, it's not just a missile, Kalashnikov, but the weapon today is art, kindness, generosity, and gratitude. And we are grateful to live in multicultural Canada. It's incredible response that we are getting from all ethnic communities, uh, just ordinary Canadians from uh, these different cultural roots. But uh, I think we are united just on human level because atrocities of war attach the heart of every single person who has a heart and who has a compassion and whose heart is crying Mm -hmm. for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Thank you, Svetlana. And uh, I already know about... Uh, last very successful delivery to Ukraine. Could you please tell us uh, about that? Uh, yes. Um, uh, the the last shipment that we delivered was a, a week ago. Uh, actually, the first one was the shipment of medical supplies from our team in Romania. After that, we delivered two shipments from Vancouver. And most of the content of the shipment was body armor, and uh, medical suppliers and dry food and uh, mm-hmm. and some um, uh, items for babies, uh, uh, baby formula and um, uh, diapers, uh, the essential uh, goods that I needed for uh, children uh, that are lost their uh, homes and are now uh, waiting at the border with their moms or they are placed in different shelters in Western Ukraine. Oh, thank you about that. And if people want to uh, connect and help through Maple Hope Foundation, how they can do that? First of all, uh, they can spread the word uh, about us. They can visit our website, maplehopefoundation.org. There is a button, donate, that leads to our fundraising campaign page. They can organize different fundraising events themselves if they don't live in Vancouver, if they cannot come and attend our fundraising events. Um, the response and initiative is just amazing. The Sunday, only one Ukrainian family that lives uh, there, Ihor Darmohit and Oksana Darmohit, engaged the artists that live on South Spring Island, and they were able to organize their rally and collect items and uh, and raise money towards the uh, Maple Hope Foundation and the work uh, in support of the work that we do. Another um, small community in Castlegar, close to Nelson, BC, uh, did the same. So we welcome any initiative or everything that can help us also to win the informational war because there are a lot of provocations right now going on in Ukraine and outside Ukraine, and it's really difficult to fight Russian propaganda. But we can do this. We can do this sharing the story. Just a couple of days ago, Maple Hope Foundation started a video, short video stories uh, series, The Voices of War. And we are trying to spread the message from ordinary people of Ukraine, from people uh, non-Ukrainians outside of Ukraine. How do they see, How what do they feel now about war, about the atrocities of war? It's not something that you can see on the major TV channel. It's a story from the heart. And uh, maybe we don't realize now, but we are history. We are already history. We are creating the history. And all of us, everyone has a power. And we can be the voices of those that are hiding in the shelters, in Kharkiv, in metro, in underground. Those that are fleeing Ukraine and they are so stressed out, they are so devastated that they lost their voices. We can be the voices of orphans that are relocated from eastern Ukraine to Poland. We can be the voices of those that suffer with mental health mm-hmm. or have a impairment uh, mobility. 
um, and they cannot leave their home. And for now, they are staying in their apartment on the upper floors and the elevators don't work. And they're stuck there where their neighbors were able to leave their cities or villages. So spreading the word, helping financially, engaging in fundraising activities, getting in touch with us if you need guidance and you need more help. That's what all of us can do to stop this war in Ukraine. Because Russia is fighting against Ukraine, and Ukraine is fighting for the entire world. That's true. That's hard to understand for most people, but it's really true. And uh, also, if people want to know how to help refugees... You don't have a program for Ukrainian refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canadian government uh, allows them to come to Canada on a temporary resident visa, which uh, will be up to two years. And if they would like to work and contribute to the society here, they will be able to change the, that status to a work permit. And again, the response that we are getting from different businesses, those that are ready to uh, support Ukrainians, that are willing to work, is great. But still, most of them just left their homes with a small backpack, with their documents. If they would come to Canada, they would need everything. And Most of them, they don't have money. I'm so grateful and pleased to see that ordinary Canadian Ukrainians and Canadians are calling us and telling us we cannot help the whole Ukraine, but we can help one Ukrainian or one Ukrainian family. We will provide our home for them until they find something else for themselves, find a job. Even we are ready to pay for their flights. When I was visiting Auschwitz with my Canadian students uh, years ago, there is a saying on one of the barracks, the one who saves only one life saves the entire world. Because if we make a difference in the life of one single person or the life of one family, we are completely changing in a positive way their internal world. And let's focus on that. We cannot help the whole Ukraine, but we can touch the life of one person, one family. And if you do this, we will make our world a better place. That's great to know that, that people will have temporary visa and even work visa and can work and uh, help themselves as much as possible. But probably the first thing they have to find place where to live. And probably if Canadians can offer their room or house, they go to you and... We will guide them into the right direction to our team leads that are responsible for different line of help, either medical, military, logistics, or helping internally and externally displaced Ukraine. Thank you, Svetlana. Uh, it was Svetlana Kominko, organizer of uh, Maple Hope Foundation. You can find all contacts on Facebook page, Instagram, and website. Thank you, Oksana, and thank you for listening to me. Thank you. And everyone who is listening to us, please uh, look for Maple Hope Foundation and uh, look how you can help. Even small help will make huge help for Ukrainians now. Early bird weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 are now available for only $110. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing on August long weekend in Dauphin, Manitoba. Visit Canada's National Ukrainian Festival on Facebook for featured entertainment. For only $110, early bird weekend passes are now available for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 in Dauphin, Manitoba. By phone at 204-622-4600 or online at cnuf.ca. This is CHMB AM 1320, Vancouver. On the line with me now is Sofia Sevastyanova from Kiev. Uh, she is a friend of Oksana Pobarajnik, and she joins us now to tell us a little bit about herself and what she is doing and how we can help her and her fellow Ukrainians fighting this terrible war. Sophia, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and your evening. You should probably be sleeping now uh, to tell us um, what you're doing and uh, what is happening in Kiev. So thank you so much and welcome to Nasholos. 
thank you for inviting me here. The war started, I was the English teacher and Italian teacher, but when this happened, like everything changed, you know, and I'm with my uh, fiancé, uh, we are volunteering in our territorial defense, we are like sending them help, we are trying to coordinate from uh, other Ukrainian cities, so the logistics are on us, and other stuff also are on our hands. And uh, it's kind of difficult to do that stuff because, you know, we are getting into the circle with the Russian troops and it's kind of difficult to get anything in here in Kiev. So we are trying to do our best, but it's, you know, kind of difficult. So so you were were a teacher um, living a, a normal life like anybody here and all of a sudden this war happened and you joined the territorial defense. Tell us what is exactly territorial defense in Kiev? Or is it all throughout Ukraine uh, as well? Well, we have, uh, in each city, we have a specific district. For example, I'm living on the left bank of Dnipro River. We have uh, Kiev divided into two parts. Right oh, bank of uh, Dnipro and left bank. So I'm living in the left bank, and here we have three districts. And one of them is the Donetsky district. And we have, like, the troops, the volunteers, uh, who agreed to defend our district. So they are the defense or territory defense. We, we call it here in Ukrainian TVO. Okay. And so what are, they, what are you doing specifically? Well, actually, when the occupants are, like, for example, invading our territory of our district, they are like the small army defending our people here. So it de- depends on the territory. Okay. So, so basically you're trying to keep civilians safe somehow. Yeah. Okay. And so people are saying, are, are quest- in the West are questioning, oh, is it real? Is, are people really being bombed? And what are, what are you facing? What is, the, I guess, your, your, the worst things that are happening and your priorities? Well, the worst thing that is happening, you know, on uh, 25th of February, uh, they're part of the rocket trapped in my house. But your house? Like, fortunately... Yeah, at my, at my home, unfortunately, we were not injured and uh, nothing bad happened, but we were so scared to death. That was the worst thing that happened so far. And uh, after that, we had a lot of bombs because there were a lot of bombs here. We were like, we spent our nights in the metro and then we spent a lot of our nights uh, in uh, in the shelter. Sorry. In the shelter, yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but that was the worst part because we got sick here. We we thought that it was, that was coronavirus, but fortunately not. But there are a lot of people who got sick with coronavirus, and oh, you dear. can imagine yeah. war oh. plus this virus, yeah. terrible thing. Oh. So the humanitarian catastrophe is here, I guess. So, what are some of the things that are the most needed? We need the most, like, the support from our people, <laughs> you know, the we need to stay uh, strong, I guess, because actually our people from the west part of Ukraine and from Poland are sending out us a lot of support and a lot of help, mm-hmm. but it's so hard to stay calm, people begin to panic, and uh, all we need is to stay strong to keep those times like a life and uh, insane mind. Uh, keep, yeah, keep, That's all we need, I guess. So you need encouragement to keep your spirits up and keep your your thought, your thought, mind clear so that you can respond. Yeah, because we also have a lot of fake news from the Russia. And, you know, it's so hard to know where is the truth, the truth nowadays. So, yeah. So fake news, like, like what? For example, we had, like, fake news that our... Uh, president is giving up our country and uh, we got those news in the morning but uh, in the afternoon we knew that this was fake but you know the the panic we got sure. here was huge oh dear yeah threw everything into disarray yeah so how are you protecting yourself from this fake news are you just trying to ignore bad any kind of bad news and just keep doing what you're doing well, actually, we have a lot of uh, reports in Instagram, the how to become more 
confident in uh, information. Mm-hmm. So how to avoid fake news, how not to create fake news by ourselves. For example, mm-hmm. we saw some somebody uh, burglar, for example, yeah, and we do not need to create a super news about that. Right. We can handle it by ourselves, for okay. example. So okay. yeah. So keep, that's how we keep uh, try to keep a cool head and keep your wits about you. Yeah. 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 And also your priorities, like you said, um, small things you don't need to gossip about. Keep your mind on the important things. Uh, yeah, yeah. The important thing that our president uh, each day tells us that we must keep together mm-hmm. because the Ukrainians are the nation that must keep together. Right. We must not like argue with each other because right. we are like strong when we're together. Yeah, exactly. And is that is that message getting through? Are people able to to do that? Yeah, sure. Awesome. That's the only thing that keeps us alive. I yeah. Guess. So where um, I don't want any um, information that will endanger you, but like your home was bombed, and is it habitable? Like can you, is it, were you able, I, that's a stupid question, I suppose. Yeah, it is habitable now because like the rocket was like, um, you know, destroyed by our def- air defense forces. But uh, the other uh, house where the other part of this rocket was. Oh, so it was that, hit, okay. Oh, so it was hit by shrapnel. So maybe you saw those photos uh, on uh, the 25th of February when, uh, where the civil house was bombed. That was the second house where the rocket was. Oh. So we were so lucky not to happen in that situation. So you had just a piece of the rocket then that hit your home? Yeah. Okay, okay. So so you were able to then to uh, live in your home, and how do you... Do you have like a headquarters where everybody meets or, or how do you work together? Is it mostly just communications, digital communications? Mm-hmm. Or, or can you tell me? I don't want you to tell me anything that's going to endanger you. I'm, I'm sorry, you can hear the dog. <laughs> the dog. That's okay, that's <laughs> you know, okay. So, okay, can you repeat your sh- uh, sure. <laughs> question? <laughs> Why don't we talk about the dog for a while? Um, so, so I'm here. We're um, how are how are the animals faring? Um, I mean, I guess like every like the humans, I suppose, right? Just um, staying, yeah. trying to stay and safe. You know that, yeah, you know the main thing about Ukrainians, we do not leave our pets alone, and uh, a lot of people were escaping to the Poland, for example, mm-hmm. and they were taking animals with them so and those who who are left here we are trying to help them too and even to give them a shelter for example like like this one yeah is that your dog or is that uh, one that you rescued no that's not mine oh do you you know (laughs) i'm sorry she's so nervous (laughs) oh do you know who she is do you know whose dog she is? Is she a, fr- a friend of yours? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, like the, the, her parents, as they call them, left her, so we taking care about it. Oh. So how, I guess my question, <laughs> how, how this, this territorial defense, obviously you started it really, really quickly. And um, how are you, I guess, what are you doing specifically? Are you uh, delivering food and, and medicines and other essentials to people or are you basically just trying to keep invaders at bay or both um well actually sometimes so when i have time because i got sick actually when i got i have time i come to their office and i cook them food and that's the main part but actually i deliver also clothes for them ammunition for them if i have some from other parts of Ukraine delivering, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are just like a, like a parents for them. <laughs> yeah, always. Yes. Yeah. And, wow. and their task is to protect us. So, And our task is to keep them safe. I see. Okay. So what are some of the things that we can do from here from afar? Of course, I'm, I'm hearing that airports are being uh, destroyed. Uh, and or anyways, they wouldn't be able to uh, to land probably. So, well, actually, we have a lot of buses come here to Kiev, and also railways. So they are not shooting the trains, 
we can uh, save a lot of people and uh, also by trains we receive a lot of medicines and you know and food and whatever so by train you can deliver anything but in a very long time because like you know those uh, so hard to speak about it actually. oh yeah i'm sorry yeah i'm so sorry i can't <sighs> i can't imagine well sophia yeah, it's- we- yeah, it's so. Yeah, sorry, sorry. That no, no, no. That's okay. I won't keep you much longer. Just let us know how we can help from where we are. Um, is donations? Is that of of money? Is that the best thing we can do for you right now? Well, actually, yeah, donations are the most relevant, you know, type of help you can give us because it's so hard to receive something from the border. We are trying actually. But uh, you know, Russian troops are shooting on everything that moves, oh. on civilians, on uh, Red Cross volunteers, or whatever. So it's better for us to receive donations, and we will buy something here on our okay. territory. Okay. Then. Sure. Uh, and who who can we uh, donate through? Is there any organizations in Canada that we can donate? Uh, that you su- yeah, uh, you could- we have the future. Organization called Save Lives UA. Save Lives. And, uh, they Sa- are okay. Save Life uh, dot in dot UA. Okay. So they are the the largest organization volunteering, and they are trying to give their ammunition, but they are taking care about uh, soldiers on the you know on the frontier. Okay. Okay. Well, actually, if I can send them to you later, I will send because uh, I'm also trapped in the position when I do not know everyone here. It's so hard sure. to keep in touch with anybody. So, sure. Yeah. So for the most part, then, uh, people listening can uh, make a donation and uh, we'll give you the uh, information in in our show notes and... Um, or you can just contact Oksana Popadajnik, you can or our Facebook page and um and help Sofia and the many other defenders of the Ukrainian people in in Kiev and the rest of Ukraine. Thank you so much, Sofia. I'll let you go and get some much needed rest. Thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you too. Since 2013, RememberUs.org has been focused on Holocaust remembrance and education in Ukraine. Based in Massachusetts, their mission is to educate the public about the devastating consequence of genocide, to honor and commemorate those who perished in the Holocaust, and to promote peaceful coexistence, inclusiveness, and cross-cultural interactions. Julia Krasinski, the executive director of RememberUs.org, shared with us some of the projects that the organization initiated, namely planting metasequoia trees at mass grave sites of Holocaust victims, including her own great-grandparents and many other relatives, and establishing Holocaust museums across Ukraine to educate the public. Then on February 24th, catastrophe struck Ukraine. Many call it genocide, as the Russian government invaded Ukraine with ballistic missiles, bombings, and non-discretionary heavy rapid artillery fire. Realizing the gravity of this war, RememberUs.org has shifted its focus to humanitarian work. On the line with me now is Rachel Korsunsky, Julia's daughter, to tell us a bit about what RememberUs.org is doing now to help innocent civilians in Ukraine whose lives are being destroyed by this unprovoked war, and what we can do to help. So welcome, Rachel, for joining us. Thank you so much, and thank you for giving us the platform to share what we're working on. Um that's exactly what we used to do and unfortunately are continuing to do. And that mm-hmm. is working to prevent genocide. And now, unfortunately, as we see it unfolding, working to help those that are experiencing that. Yeah. Um, right now, we are trying to help as much as we can from afar, as well as on the actual land. Remember Us actually has volunteers all over Ukraine, including in active war zones in cities like Krajko Uh that are experiencing heavy bombing. What we are doing is delivering humanitarian aid to those people that need it the most. And what I mean by that are those who are still stuck in active war zones. There are roughly 2 million Ukrainian refugees who have been lucky enough to escape, escape, but there are millions who are stuck in cities like Kiev, of the whole southeast of Ukraine, and yeah. that is who we are trying to help because humanitarian aid right now 
cannot enter those areas efficiently and effectively. Those areas are being bombed, they're being hit by missiles, and there's active army on the ground shooting at civilians. Civilians are their targets. Oh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it truly is terrible. And when I say vulnerable, that has a twofold meaning. I don't just mean people who are stuck there, but I mean people who had complications to begin with single mothers, families with disabled children, elderly people, people in extreme poverty situations, you know, that that is the people who are in the most dire and critical situation. And that is who we are primarily trying to help. Although we are trying to help everyone, of course, of course. So a couple of things that we're doing. Um, the first is we are just trying to get cash into the bank cards of those people. Mm-hmm. As I said, there's not really a ton of active aid. All sorts of international organizations are trying to figure out the logistics of getting to those places, but these people need immediate money for food, water, and medicine. Mm -hmm. So we are partnering with all of our volunteers, as well as some other entities, in identifying those people, getting their bank information, and sending over small payments of cash so that they can run, buy some food, buy some medicine. Um, We are receiving so much... um, I hate to use the word positive reception in a time like this, but feedback um, from all of the people that we're sending money to saying, thank you, we've been able to buy bread, buy eggs, buy milk for the first time this week. Um, There's people for the first time have been able to run out to a pharmacy and get their medication. So that is one of the more impactful ways that we're helping. Something else that we're doing is we're receiving lists of prepaid medications Mm -hmm. and using drivers who are incredibly heroic. I mean, driving around active war zones, picking up those medications and doing what they can to deliver them to hospitals, to civilians who just can't go to a pharmacy. I mean, imagine an elderly grandmother living on the eighth floor of a building who doesn't have the ability to run out and get her medicine. Mm. And then we're also actively trying to help people evacuate. I'll be candid, I'm less involved in that effort, so I don't really know the day-to-day there. But what I will say is that we're very plugged in because, unfortunately, we do have people in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just trying to evaluate where the biggest voids are and where we can make the biggest impact. We want to be addressing the most critical situations and helping people there. So when you say uh, your volunteers there, there are Ukrainian residents that have been doing, uh, you know, work opening the museums and planting the trees and all that kind of thing. Those are the people that are now. Yeah. Yep. We have graphic designers and artists, people opening museums, which are teachers, various community leaders, videographers, just everyone who is part of our nonprofit organization and is now um, almost ironically a a victim themselves. Not almost ironically, ironically, now are a victim themselves. Yeah. You mentioned that they're doing this. Uh, risking their lives to help others because all of the aid, many people do- donating to organizations such as, for example, the Red Cross. Now, I think it was your dad had posted that there was a problem. Red Cross was being less than helpful to people in Sumi who are actually trapped there. You know, I have read some articles. I did hear something about that. Um, obviously, I wasn't there, so I can't speak mm. to the specifics. And I know the Red Cross you know, did have a situation. But what I will say is that just like with any other industry, there's a big push and pull when you look at small companies versus big companies. The beauty of a big company is that they can scale, they can do things with a lot of money, and they have a lot of power. The beauty of a small company is that we can act quickly, Mm -hmm. we're flexible, we're nimble, and we can have direct impact. Um, That's what we're doing. We are incredibly plugged into all the cities. And when I say that, I mean leadership of several cities. So we are able to evaluate what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that answers the question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely does. Because, you know, you hear a lot of stories. This is war. And there is propaganda, deliberate propaganda. And there's all kinds of rumors and then gossip. And that never bodes well, right? So it's, it's you know, good to get that clarification. Thank you for that. And it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did hear there was a, and, and when I say here, I mean my father heard directly from the person who was coordinating and supposed to receive the buses that there were some buses that never came, which you can imagine, uh, on top of everything, yeah, yeah. Uh, family filled with hope that they're able to evacuate, and then that hope doesn't materialize into anything. Yeah, yeah. 
I imagine that there must be an awful lot of confusion on the ground as well, though, right? Yeah, it, it is sad. There is a lot of fake news and propaganda across every single step of this. I actually just heard in a city, somebody, I, I think somebody was claiming that there was a Jewish community that was only helping Jewish refugees. And so because of that, some people actually said they weren't going to donate to Remember Us because oh. we partnered with that community. And that was just completely untrue and disgusting. And that community is helping absolutely everybody that is affected and has no idea where that rumor even came from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you I mean, your your philosophy is 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 not... It's not self-centered in any way at all. You've got it, you know, Remember Us has got uh, a very broad outlook as far as genocide. And I think you have the proper kind of, right? You have the proper idea that this happened to Jewish people because it happened to Jewish people, it could happen to anyone. And so we have to understand what happened, how it happened, and stop it from happening again. That is a whole point of Holocaust Remembrance. 100% and Jews were not the only victims of the Holocaust. Of course, there's a larger focus on Jews in the Holocaust for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am Jewish, so, you know, that kind of comes naturally to me. But we are all human. We are all part of the human race. Um, We are all trying to do good for one another. Mm -hmm. Some of our most active volunteers are not Jewish, have no connection to Judaism outside of just disgust with what happens in the world sometimes. And that's why they help us. So it is truly, it's a universal issue. It's not a Jewish issue. And uh, what an example you are setting for the rest of the world to be doing this now, because why else, we're, why else we know, have you been doing this, right? Yeah, I mean, I must say it is very terrifying. I was very involved with a lot of the educational efforts with Remember Us at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never thought I would have to speak about genocide or catastrophe of this proportion in present tense. It yeah. was always about things that happen. And now you're seeing absolute devastation in some places, devastation where World War II, they, they didn't even dare do some of these things. And I'm, of course, not a historian, but you hear about the bombings of human corridors and, and oh. what I've kind of totally read online. They, they didn't do that in World War II. Bombing innocent civilians trying to flee, killing, just killing them, just shooting them off. Yeah. I mean, again, I, heavy caveat, I'm not a historian, and that's just what I've read online. But yeah. I guess I should I should say... Regardless of whether or not that happened in World War II, the, the fact that this is happening, that's exactly the concept. The human corridor is supposed to be a civilian evacuation route. There was promise to cease fire over it, um, and it, it was a total lie. There, I, I just actually, right before I got on the phone with you, the entire family shot up as they were escaping, and we could see knocked over bloody suitcases and just uh, an entire family wiped out. Oh. That, that, that's unspeakable yeah. to, to show so little mercy yeah. yeah yeah it is it is an absolute catastrophe that i never thought i would see in my lifetime so you're working 24 uh, 7 um your mom julio is uh said she was you know really busy and thank you for taking the time to um to to speak with us and tell us what you're about what you're doing and how you're doing it which which is great. Um, what can we do to help? That's a great question. Um, one is donate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I want people to donate to remember us because I really believe in our mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be a fit if, if I didn't think sure. that we weren't doing the right thing. 100% of our proceeds go exactly to somebody. So somebody sends me $100, that $100 is now in the bank card of someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, however... I just want the world to be a better place and I don't care where you donate as long as it is as it is an organization doing the right thing. So I ask people to donate and I ask people to research where they donate. Not all organizations are nonprofit organizations or not for profit organizations and not all organizations know what they're doing. I would really research entities have roots and plugins in Ukraine as opposed to being a large international organization that's operating from a hundred miles away and doesn't actually know what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's one. Number two, 
read the news and read unbiased news sources. Um, we talked a little bit about propaganda earlier. Mm-hmm. It's all over and it's not always intentional. Right. Um, try to stay as close as you can to primary sources. Mm-hmm. Personally, I spend a lot of time on official Ukrainian social media. Uh, President Zelensky mm-hmm. makes a speech probably two or three times a day. The okay. Ukrainian official tourism site releases a lot of content. Mm-hmm. Um, just stay informed, help people with happening. Don't let this become something that the news was frenzied over for a week and then it dies down um, because people are dying every single day and we need it to stay current. Yeah. Where can people who don't speak Ukrainian or, or Russian, are there English language you know, sources? A lot of those videos, there's other accounts that will repost them with subtitles. And Zelensky typically speaks in Ukrainian. Those accounts repost them with English subtitles. Oh, okay. so that's what I Okay. Like and so you can, is this the official Ukrainian government site or is it even on Facebook uh, accounts? Um, maybe I'm revealing my age here. I look on Instagram. Oh, okay. But I imagine it's all over. Okay. Um, I'm sure it's on their Facebook. So, um, mm-hmm. I just personally try to follow a lot of international media sources mm-hmm. um, because I, I find those are closer to what's actually happening. Right. Well, they're closer than North America for sure, yeah. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, how then would people donate to RememberUs.org? You can donate by going to RememberUs.org. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can donate through Facebook. It's a wonderful tool for fundraising, but I actually would prefer that people don't because it takes a little bit of time to release the funds and, you know, we need as immediate money as possible. Okay. Um, so through our website. So RememberUs.org, uh, easy to remember. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. So thank you so much, uh, Rachel, for, for joining us, for sharing, uh, all this valuable information. And hopefully listeners will do that, rememberus.org and, uh, make a donation, large or small, whatever. North American money goes a long way in Ukraine. It does. And thank you for bringing that up. Um, We did just donate to somebody who has less than $3 left in their bank account. A donation of $20 is six times their entire net worth. Oh, my, Um, yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for giving us the platform to speak. Okay, thank you. Godspeed in your work, and uh, please give your best regards, my best regards to your your mother, to Julia, and your father as well. They did. They they made a very positive contribution to to our world um, to bring you into it and your brother as well. So thank you to your entire Krasinski family. God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. I was speaking with Rachel Krasinski with RememberUs.org, and that is the address where you can go online to find their website and please make a donation to this outstanding organization that is saving lives and giving hope to Ukrainians suffering in this terrible war. RememberUs.org Early bird weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 are now available for only $110. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing on August long weekend in Dauphin, Manitoba. Visit Canada's National Ukrainian Festival on Facebook for featured entertainment. For only $110, early bird weekend passes are now available for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival 2022 in Dauphin, Manitoba. By phone at 204-622-4600 or online at cnuf.ca. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. Дорогі радіослухачі, пора нам прощатися на ще один тиждень, бо вже часто вдома і сказати до побачення. Але перед тим я хочу залишити вас якими словами мудрості. Так у світі буває, що народ із народу користає. And our proverb of the week translates as, This is a world in which one nation takes advantage of another. 
And with that, I'll leave you with a simple reminder that you can catch the podcast link and keep in touch with us between broadcasts via our Facebook page and our website, www.nashholos.com. We'll wrap it up with another voice from Ukraine, Dima Kondrashov, and one of his original compositions. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich. I want to share with you my thoughts. Yesterday I was listening our President Volodymyr Zelensky in a British Parliament by video conference and he in his speech used the words of Winston Churchill we will fight on the sea, we will fight in the sky. It was touched my heart and I was crying because actually we don't want to be a great country. We don't need a b- to be powerful country. We just want to be in peace. But when big and great country so weak so scareful we don't have a choice and we should be brave and great but it's very sad when great britain and big europe union and great americans they very careful with russian and uh, every day every day people in mariupol died Oh, in other cities, and we scare that soon will be used poison like in Aleppo, Syria. <sighs> so this my thoughts. Uh, you know, I don't touch my guitar two weeks. When start war, I don't touch guitar and I don't sing because it's changed uh, everything is changed and it's take a long time if we will win to again start to live like before
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.